Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm pleased to be joined today by Tish Hamilton. Hello, Tish. Hi, Sarah. It's so good to be here today. Yes, thank you for joining from New Jersey. So how are things there? Well, um, I got to say it's pretty stressful. We are close to the epicenter, um, which is New York metropolitan area. My sure. office is um, is basically you know, really, really close to the hot zone. Um, one wow. of my coworkers had a kid who's, who was in the very first school to be closed with a confirmed um, coronavirus uh, um, test. So uh, we've been pretty edgy for yeah. um, weeks on end here. Wow. Wow. How about what's it like out in Oregon? Yeah. So, you know, uh, so we're three hours down the, <clears throat> excuse me, three hours down the pike from Seattle, but I think, I don't know whether the river's doing its job. Um, it's that we don't have it nearly as bad as, as Washington does. And I, people are taking the whole stay inside, stay away from people very, very seriously. I mean, there's a lot of dog lovers out here in Portland. And when you're out there walking your dog and you see somebody coming on the same side of the sidewalk, people, you know, either walk into the street or cross over so that you're not even crossing, passing each other on the sidewalk. So, and and are you able to run outside still? Yes, yes, most definitely. Yeah. So there's a there's definitely a lot of runners, a lot of walkers, cyclists, whole families out there, you know, pushing the kid in a stroller or with a, you know, cargo thing behind their bike. So are you not allowed to run outside? Oh, we we are still allowed to run outside too and um I and you know especially on a sunny day you notice tons and tons of people out and we're really lucky Nina my daughter Nina who's 15 and I we live um in a pretty distant suburb mm. so we're out so when we go outside you know we're able to like cross to the other side of the street um mm -hmm. and and keep our distance I've seen pictures of and I my heart goes out to people who are in New York City who you know they can't even go to Central Park because it's so so crowded Right. Um, but, but we're lucky. And, and I will say like one thing I've noticed that's really quite nice is, um, even though, you know, we're crossing to the other side of the street, everybody's so friendly, you know, we're yes. all waving and saying, yay, isn't it good to be outside <laughs> and getting fresh air? Oh, definitely. There's a community spirit that, um, I mean, Portland always had it perhaps to a greater extent than might I say the tri-state area. Having grown up in Connecticut, I, I know from what I speak, um, but uh, yes, super duper friendly people talking, you know, standing in their driveways, talking across the street to each other. And um, I'm surprised by how well my kids are handling it. Like I haven't heard any grumbling yet about being bored and being stuck inside and why can't I do this? I know those days will come, but um, yeah. And how long have your kids been schooling from home? Yeah. So this is, um, we are still in extended spring break. So uh, because this current week was, um, is our spring break. And so originally Portland public, um, we've been closed for a week prior to this. And then we're supposed to be closed through March 31st. Originally now it's extended through April 28th. But so that the um, so basically the second half of March, they just deemed spring break. So there is no attempt to have any type of teaching or, you know, remotely any of that stuff. So for now, it's just Roblox and, you know, lots of TikToks and things like that. <laughs> lots of Netflix. So um, will they be going to, um, will they be going to online schooling come April? They haven't made any announcement. I mean, 
Portland public uh, definitely has a lot of families that don't have internet at home or computers, you know, that sort of thing. So the, they're trying to amp up. I mean, um, John, my 14 year old freshman son, he goes to a school that um, has a lot of um, lower income families. And so right now we get a lot of emails and texts saying, if you need a, you know, a laptop or an iPad or something like that, you know, here are resources for getting it. Right. Yeah. So, so is Nina doing, she's learning um, online. Yeah. Yeah. And our school system is, is, uh, you know, has similar challenges. I would say, I I, I don't know the exact percent, but you know, there's a good, we have sort of the extremes. We have super, super wealthy on one end and, you know, relying on the school for food on the other Mm -hmm. end. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so for the high schoolers, you know, I would say most of them have access to some kind of either computer or phone. Uh, and they are doing online learning. We started, they started last week. So this is the second week of it. Um, mm-hmm. our, our spring break starts the first week in April. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, we'll see what happens after that. And, and so their day is from like about 8.45 till 1-ish. Mm. And um, she's really... Uh, really liking it a lot. She likes the oh. flexibility. And first off, you know, I remember actually you and um, Amanda were talking about the differences between high school on the East Coast and the West Coast. And, uh, yes. and, uh, <laughs> and you know, the, the, the East Coast, we, it's so pressure filled here. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so, so stressful. Yes. And so they have, they moved up, you know, the, the start time for high school is 745. But, but now that they're doing online, the first week they kept it at 745. The second wow. week, they wow. they moved to eight forty five and just that extra hour of sleep is is so critical for kids' health, right? Exactly. I mean, oh my it, goodness! It makes me crazy that, that mm-hmm. they start so early. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, Nina has you know Nina and I were talking about it last night, and she's really you know she said it's like feels like everything's come to a slamming halt, but mm-hmm. she's kind of she's really relaxing into the idea of learning more at her own pace yeah. uh, and and you know really appreciating the extra sleep yeah yeah i think that about my son john who um has his very active dance lifestyle and so uh, it was just i uh, finally i didn't even tell my husband but i had started paying john that if he would get you know get up and get to school on time for an entire week i would pay him 20 dollars for that whole week but one day of, <laughs> yeah. of begging please mom please let me sleep we have a substitute you know first period you know whatever then then like you miss one there's no money so, so, right. so I answered that program and it happened for a whole week. Um, yeah. So, um, but I know your son is so like, you know, what does he dance like six hours a day? So, I mean, he, he needs his sleep. He does. He does. It's, he's not just lazy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not just being lazy. Yes. No, so, so, my, my daughter doesn't, she, you know, she gets up, she gets up on her own. I don't have to drag her up, but, but I can see the effects of not getting, you know, she doesn't go to bed till really late. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause there's just so much to do. Um, right. So, yeah, see, so I'm, see, I'm, very, I'm all about the sleep. Yeah. Cause see, even so in, you know, in normal times, neither one of my freshmen have, they hardly have any homework. Um, right. So, I, so, I don't know. even know what you're talking about. It <laughs> <laughs> hasn't been true for my kids since first grade. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I mean, they, they come home and you know, rare. I mean, they're supposed to read, but other than that, no, they're not pouring over books or anything like that. So yeah. Yeah. It's so different here. It's yeah. so oh, different. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Nina is on the computer from whatever time she finally gets home from swim. So like six to she would stay on to 1130 or midnight mm. if, if she could keep her eyes propped open. Wow. Oh, I know yeah. it's so bad. 
It is so bad. Oh my yeah. goodness. And so this I, is actually, this is the, the good thing about all of this is, you know, if there is one good thing, it's, it's good to be able to dial back some. Right. Well, and also see that dialing back doesn't mean that your brain turns into motion, you know, oozes out your ear. So, Absolutely. You know, maybe some <laughs> lessons will be learned from this. That would be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, um, our guest today, we've had scheduled for several months, but now given the timing of it all, it seems like, you know, we timed it perfectly as she's training to make the Summer Olympics, which as we record this on Wednesday, March 25th, were just postponed yesterday. And our guest is Beatty Deutsch, and I might find out that I've mispronounced her first name once we get her on here, but um, she's also known as Marathon Mother on social media. She's a young mother with five children. She works full-time for a nonprofit. Born in the U.S., Beatty and her family live in Israel. They're ultra-Orthodox Jews. Beatty makes news for numerous reasons, including the fact that this diminutive athlete runs in a skirt that comes down just below her knees. And that before the Olympics were postponed, she was saying that she would not run the women's marathon at the games if she qualified for it as um, that race was scheduled to take place on Friday evening, which is part of Shabbat, the um, Sabbath for Jewish people. We'll talk to Beatty after this brief break. Stay with us. Welcome to the show, Beatty, and thank you for joining us from halfway around the world. Hi, thanks for having me. It's so yeah. It's funny. I think I was like, I've, I've done a lot of podcasts and then I got so like busy with training and everything. I was like, I had to turn people down, but like now with everything just being so crazy, I was actually really looking forward to connecting with other runners and people again. <laughs> good, good. Well, work to work to our advantage then. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so hi, Beatty. This is Tish. And um, I know you have five kids. Can you tell us the ages of them? Yeah, I have um, 10, 8, uh, 7, 5, and 2 and a half. Wow, that's, that's awesome spread. <laughs> yeah, so my daughter I, just turned 10, so they're very close in age, the kids. All right, so um, here's something I'm wondering about. You know, you're a pretty extraordinary mom, um, but your kids have kind of grown up with you being an extraordinary mom. Do they have any sense that, that you're running uh, and the, the, you know, extent to which you run is like, makes you like different than other moms? Um, I, I mean, I, I think they realize that I like, you know, it's different that I'm winning. Like they expect me always to come home with some trophies for them. You know, <laughs> it's like, I don't go to, but also like, I haven't been running for so long, but they also have, they, they're pretty young. So the, I think what they remember of me probably like is me is me is running um and like like my two and a half year old just basically always is like mommy running it's like all I do is run except really that's not true you know <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know I think I think that kids have no idea really what goes into anything we do you know yeah <laughs> they care they care most about themselves and their needs and if you're there the most important thing is to be there and present for them that's all they really need you know yeah yeah do you have other mom friends who are runners yeah I definitely do um I actually have like a, a group a whatsapp group that I've been on for over three years now we're all like moms and, and orthodox Jewish moms who run we're like you know based all over like some in Detroit Chicago New York New Jersey me and Israel and like mm. we've been supporting each other in all our workouts and, and whatever we're doing for like you know three years that's really really amazing group 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. awesome. So, uh, you know, Sarah and I are in the United States where, you know, we, we, we can go out of our homes to go grocery shopping. We can go out of our homes to go, um, to go running, which is uh, a blessing. Uh, what is your situation like? Well, it was really fine until today when we've had strict rules on everything in Israel. They really enforce it. Like you couldn't go anywhere except grocery and pharmacy and medical. And today they put out like a new set of serious rules with a really big fine. If you go a hundred meters from your house, you're not allowed to go running outside anymore, which was really, wow. really upsetting to me. Like I, I've been fine with the whole thing. I can't even run right now. The truth is because I have cellulitis which is like a blessing because of all the times to get, you know, sick or injured now is the best time. But I just like got so triggered by them not allowing us to leave our house to breathe fresh air and move because I think that's more vital than being able to go to the grocery store. Like you could stock up and not go to the grocery store for a week. That's fine. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's more life threatening to go to the grocery store. Yeah, but I vented it out today. I processed it. I think I was just like, I just, I had, since I also haven't been able to run, probably had needed an emotional release after, you know, and like, um, I, I, I know it's temporary and I know we have to do whatever we can to protect, you know, our people and be responsible. So I'm probably, well, yeah, we're making the best of the situation, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm with you too. Is that the fresh air is is kind of more important than stocking up on groceries at this point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. So, um, and of course, yesterday was a big day in the running world in terms of news. Like, I know it's not big for for everybody's world, but for the running world, the fact that the um, Olympics were postponed, um, and some people were like bummed and some people are thrilled um tell us about your thoughts on it i think it was definitely the appropriate response given like and it's really important to take the health and safety of all athletes in all countries into account and that's like the most important thing and i think it was like wrong of the ioc to be like digging their head in the sand for so long you know um yeah, because there are there are you no one's really able to train right now, and it's so it would it wouldn't have been an actual Olympic situation. And personally, um, I was in a very good position, like in terms of my qualifications, like I was ready to go and represent Israel. But I have an issue. I had an issue with the date of the marathon. They moved the date of the women's marathon to the Sabbath, so I wasn't sure if I, I wouldn't be able to run on the my Sabbath, the Shabbat. And now that it's postponed, I'm really, really hopeful that the date will not be on Shabbat again. <laughs> so that was my mm -hmm. bright spot in all of the craziness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So so let's backtracking, talk about your running background, because you've had an incredible rise that you only started running in 2016 at the age of 25, and that you ran your first marathon a mere four months later and came in six. So um, talk to us about your start in running. Yeah. So, um, I, I was always athletic and I always loved sports and thought it was like a really good outlet. But when I got married and I got married at 19, I had, uh, four kids in six years and I did mm -hmm. not like real, I did not do any exercise at all. Pretty much. Like I would go out for like here and there, some like move my body, run with a stroller, but I didn't even like yeah, I, I didn't know much about running at all. And um, mm -hmm. then after realizing how out of shape I was, 
like when the, it hit me when I came in like huffing and puffing after like a hundred meter sprint, like a family dash on the beach. And I was like dead last. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so out of shape. You know, when you have that like realization. Um, so I said to my husband at the end of this, that summer, I'm like, that's it. I'm going to run a marathon. <laughs> I don't know. Most people do the couch to 5k route. I've always been really extreme. And I uh -huh. realized that what I wanted most in my life was consistency and exercise. Like, it's so easy to say you're going to do something, start a program. And then like a week later it fizzles out. And I was just like, I mm -hmm. need to get into shape and has to become an everyday habit. So I said, I'm picking the marathon because that's the only distance that's going to obligate me to train. Cause like, because I think mm. I could have winged, I could have winged a half marathon. Like I'm not, I started running and I was able to run six miles, like fine, like no problem. So I was building up from like, I had the, I had the ability. I just had, wasn't doing it. So I gave myself four months mm -hmm. to train for it. And it was definitely a best decision I've made in my life. <laughs> um, because I never, ever looked back. It was so amazing. And I loved running from day one. And I didn't need much. You don't need much to get started. Like, I couldn't afford anything. So I didn't have, I, I didn't belong to a gym. I don't have a treadmill. I didn't even have like fancy running shoes or any, like a watch or sports clothes. I just had like this desire to train for the marathon. And I looked up like Hal Higdon online, four month training plan. And I was like, okay, that's all you need. You know, your feet, your two legs and you're good to go. <laughs> Most people do the couch to 5k and you do the couch to the Olympics. Well, it wasn't all in one shot. And the, the coolest thing for me is that when I started running, I didn't have, I wasn't, I didn't know about the running community at all. I didn't know about races. I like I signed up for the Tel Aviv marathon, but I was pretty much clueless about everything. And I did, I, I was mm -hmm. happy like that. Like I was oblivious, you know, and I had no, mm -hmm. I, I didn't really know what, like, I barely knew what the Olympics were because I didn't grow up in a um, sports culture or, or environment. Like I didn't go to, I didn't go to college with track and field and have any background. So it's not like I was like, Oh my gosh, here's my dream. And in four years I'll get there. It's just like, <laughs> crazy journey that's slowly been unfolding and it's like I never had I never ever would have dreamed this is where it would take me you know yeah that's amazing um so congrats on your recent half marathon win over here in uh, the Miami marathon that was very impressive um so I mean you know what do you attribute your meteoric rise to well I would say that um I I mean I, I have the, I've always been a good, you know, I have a, uh, str I'm naturally very strong and I'm, I, I always say it's a hundred percent a gift from God that I'm, I'm a good runner. It's his, he's given me the talent, but I, once I started, I didn't know what my potential was when I started. Like I was, I didn't, I wasn't, when I trained for that first marathon, I didn't really do any speed work or anything. I just like built up mileage. And like, I only started training properly, like, um, about a year and a half ago, you know? So, um, oh, wow. from training with a proper coach and group, I, I, I joined a group, um, in, at the end of 2007, like 2017. And then I won, I won the Tiberius national marathon championship 242 in January, 2018. And, and, um, mm. I think that like the combination of, I, I do put in a lot of hard work, but I, and I really enjoy it. And I've, I've realized that like, um, God has given me a lot of attributes needed to be a, a professional runner like I, I have really good race mental 
racing skills. Like my mental game is very, I'm very good at using my mind. I love to work hard. Um, the funny thing is though, that my uh, sports massage guy always tells me, he's like, you're a marathoner in a sprinter's body. Like I'm really, <laughs> I'm not built like your typical marathoner. God. Because I have to, I have to, I have to ask how, how tall are I'm, you? I'm under five feet. I'm four eleven and three quarters. Mm-hmm. Like literally, I'm very short. I have really short legs. I'm much better. I'm much mm-hmm. more suited for like gymnastics. I actually used to do that when I was younger. Um, and like, yeah, I'm built, you know, I have a lot of, I have, have my muscle, I have a lot of muscles, but, but um, I've learned to, I love distance running. Like I, I love running long. Like I could see, and I like, the endurance, you know, I want to do an Ironman one day and I could do ultras too. Mm. It's like, it's, it's really enjoyable to me. Bidi, what do you, what oh do you God. love about long distance running? It's, it's really such a freedom. It's such an, I mean, I'm very much, I love running out in nature and I love like being able to just be out there by yourself, be so like, have this it's meditative it's spiritual it's a release like when you're a mom I think it's super important I see like I go crazy if I don't get my runs in because I need that like release of tension and stress and emotion um and I think that the more I've trained like on a high level I also really enjoy learning to find my limit and and push myself and see mm-hmm. myself grow and, and and I see it as a metaphor for for life in so many ways Mm, I just had that conversation with my um, my best mom running friend this morning about how we need it for um, right this very second in in our world uh, for for stress release to to clear our minds. Um, And and I know you can't go outside now. So I'm so sorry about that. But but in in like air quotes, normal times, are you able to just run right outside your door and, and get into nature? Yeah, so we just moved this this year to a moshav, which is like a small, um, like kind of, I guess you could say village, community, whatever. But right in the back, we live in like one of those be- beautiful places in Israel. And right in the back of our my house, like literally 200 meters from my door or like 500 meters from the door, you go out and there's all these fields and tons of trails and there's a paved road that mm. takes you and it's so pretty. And even the roads um, along the highway, you can run also. It's very nice. And so I have tons of running in nature and, and it, it makes me so happy. I just like, it's my, it's my fix, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was so upset today, <laughs> but it will yeah, come back. Yeah. I know it'll be there. I'm, I'm probably, probably just going to go when I'm able to run again, if they haven't released us from our house, like, I, I should be able to get some kind of exception because I'm an Olympic like athlete and I'll just, they, they're not out to get like people who are in the middle of nowhere. I don't think any police can even come out there. So I'm probably just going to go. We'll see. Right. I shouldn't have said that publicly, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, rebel. I'm, not, I'm not sure the Israeli officials listen to another yeah, modern podcast, yeah, yeah. but just I, I, <laughs> maybe, maybe. I will say that like when I, I was always known for my escapades, like when I was in Israel for the year in seminary, I, I, it's like a, it's a, we do like a year long program of Jewish learning. And like my school had like a curfew at 10 PM. I was in like one of the most real, like religious women's learning programs. And I used to find every way to like sneak into that building. So it's coming back. So I'm putting it to good use now. <laughs> Seriously. Beady, 
Deutsch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Bidi, for, for um, our listeners who have not seen uh, a photo of you yet, first off, uh, Sarah and I think that you're incredibly tiny and well-suited to the marathon. Um, and then also, um, you know, you, you have a different running um, outfit than, than uh, you know, many of us do. Um, can you describe it? And um, do you, are you, uh, can you just tell us about what it's like to run in that, in your gear? Yeah, of course. Um, so I run in a skirt, um, leggings that cover my knee, and I wear uh, uh, sleeves that cover my elbow, and I cover my hair in a headscarf. Um, and so it's, it's, I've always grown up dressing modestly. So when I started running, you know, it wasn't even a question that like entered my mind. It's just something you do. It's normal to me. Um, it only like may came to everyone else's attention when I like, you know, started winning races and people were like, Oh my gosh, she's running in a skirt. Um, I would definitely Mm -hmm. say that like, I don't think the skirt adds makes any difference although people have been like oh my gosh it's so much wind can you get a more aerodynamic skirt um but like in the heat it's definitely and and I know the faster I get and the more serious I get like there's a big difference if I could just run and you know in a sports bra and I don't know whatever those the 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 professional runner's outfit, like it's uh-huh. definitely going to, the booty yeah, shorts. it's going to take mm-hmm. off. You're going to get a much, it's much easier to release heat from your body, which is the goal. Um, um, so there've been some times when I've been like, Oh my gosh, like, like I remember one race I was, I, I was pouring some water over my head and then my shirt was sticking to me and my skirt was sticking to me. And it was like the first time in my life, I'm like, I wish I could just like pull this off right now. <laughs> but <laughs> I very much believe, like I'm very, I think a few things. I'm proud to, to run the way I do because I want to, you know, demonstrate that it's, it's, it's possible to not compromise on your values and your beliefs, even at the highest level in sports. And that whatever is, whatever you stay true to yourself, like in whatever way that is for you, you know, everyone has their own beliefs and values and I think it's really important not to feel the need to give up on that in whatever you're doing in life and I also believe that women should be able to feel comfortable running however they want and I think that's like a message now that's very important to share just like there's not one way to look or dress as a runner like people talk about having a runner's body and and I think women sometimes feel self-conscious about having to look a certain way or dress a certain way and and, I, and to me, like running proudly as a, you know, elite athlete in the way I, in my costume, <laughs> in my outfit, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm showing women that you can go out there looking however you want and still crush it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of, you know, staying true to your values and your faith, you know, you, there was the issue of the Olympics being held on, on your Sabbath um, and, and and that also is kind of a built-in day off for you. Um, if I'm right, you take a Friday sundown through Saturday Sunday down. Is that always an off day for exercise yeah. for you when you're training? Yeah, I don't run on the Shabbat at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the what? Is the, sorry, what were you, you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, what is a what is a typical training week look like for you then? Um, 
so I, I, when I'm in a marathon buildup, which I was like up until, uh, you know, a week ago, um, I was running, this was my, this was my like high, I reached the highest mileage I've ever reached, which is like, my peak was like a hundred miles, but I don't, I don't even normally get quite to that. It's like 95 miles a week, you know, maybe. Um, and I usually swim twice a week also. So I'll run every day. And then if I, on Saturday, I run Saturday night, just like really after Shabbat is over, just like a very easy, mm. short jog. Mm-hmm. Um, I strength mm-hmm. train three times a week. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I, I try and get like, a, I get a recovery massage, which, you know, sounds ideal. sounds so nice, but it's really painful. <laughs> I do that. I do that once a week also to keep myself like healthy and, and it ends up taking, and then because, you know, I have five kids. So like between everything I'm doing for training and my kids, like I don't have extra time in my day and I try and get a nap in every day because I don't get tons of sleep at wow. night, but it's hard to do. And now I haven't, now that my kids are home, kids have been home almost two weeks now. Like all that is out the door and it's like, yeah, you know, all bets are off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like whatever you could do whenever you can do it is great whatever we get done but napping is gonna never is, is a thing of the past like that's not happening <laughs> we have rest time in our schedule which means I kind of lay on the couch while my kids like jump on me but <laughs> so, <laughs> it's going well oh my goodness oh my goodness so speaking of those kids you um ran while pregnant kind of famously you ran the um as i understand the 2017 tel aviv marathon when you were seven months pregnant so what was that experience like and what advice do you have for pregnant or postpartum runners yeah so that was it was actually um it was an amazing experience other than the truth is if i had just been pregnant i think it would have been really like there was no i felt it was amazing I also had something like something was bothering my foot. I discovered it like a week before. Mm. I don't know what it was because I didn't couldn't do any X or anything. It might have been plantar fasciitis. It might have been a stress fracture. But the last like 10 miles of that marathon were so painful. Like every step I took, it felt like a nail was going through my foot. But, but oh, wow. the whole reason I wanted to stay in shape while I was pregnant and it was super important for me to like do that and, and, and take care of myself and my body. And I knew that the only thing that was going to motivate me was like training for another marathon. And at the end of the day, like I'm, it, there were some times that it was really hard to get out the door. And, but I ran till the day I gave birth and I, it was my fifth child and I had the best labor, the best delivery, the best recovery of all my kids. So I'm like a huge advocate of like exercising during pregnancy. I think it makes you so strong and so much like in better shape Mm -hmm. I think every woman has to figure out what's good for her not everyone should run marathons Mm -hmm. a lot of people talk about having pain when they run like you have to figure out what works for you um Mm -hmm. and 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 I've heard so many stories of of recovery being like people do have a hard time coming back after pregnancy so I don't want like I personally had an amazing recovery like a month after I was my baby I was back running and feeling really good and, and thank God, but I'm not going to, it's not a one size fits all. So I think you, you have to have a good PT, a good doctor and, and really listen to your body and take care of yourself, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So switching from real life to um, virtual life, uh, we know you're super active on social media, especially Instagram 
And so, you know, even in quote unquote regular times, social media can be a double edged sword. And during these times, even more so. So, but you gave some great advice in a post you said in all uppercase, stay in your lane. And so I really love that. So could you talk more about that and like how to make social media a positive experience for runners of all paces and experience levels? Yeah, it's it's funny because like now now that I've taken because of my cellulitis, like I've been off my foot for six days. I haven't run or exercised at all for six days, which is like crazy for me. I never ever do that. Um, and and it was it's like really challenging, but I feel like it's just the, I want my foot to heal like as quickly as possible and like probably it's what I need to do. But I found like seeing other people running posts on social media was like really hard for me, and I realized. Like this must be what it's like for people all the time when they're injured or people who don't run as fast and see other people. So like I was thinking about my own advice to myself and, and, and it, and I think it's so important to, and I say this all the time, like and my kids know it, we don't compete or compare. Like you don't period in life. Mm-hmm. You have to focus. And I would say you do you like people in the most important thing in life is to do what's best for you and not worry about what other people think about you and not be concerned about doing it for other people and not look at what other people are doing to decide what you want to be doing. Like that's at the end of the day, all those things are going to set you up for failure. But if you, and I, I see social media as a place for us to support each other and encourage each other and, and like validate each other. And, and I think that's like, that's why I've been able to see it as a very positive thing. And, I, I I think if people are having trouble where they find it like coming to a point where they feel, you know, the need to, to, you know, compare themselves to what someone else is doing or push themselves to do something because someone else is doing it, like they should seriously evaluate who they're following and how it's affecting them in their life and unfollow people if they need or set ba- very clear boundaries for when they're on social media because I really, it can be really, um, it can affect us in a negative way also. Petey, you can't hear me nodding or nodding my head along to everything you're saying. Right on, right on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very lucky that I've been like this my whole life. Like I never was concerned about what other people thought about me for good and bad, I guess. <laughs> so so we know you're you're a big believer in, in having a mantra during training and during running. And, and I'm wondering if you have one now when you're in sort of a recovery phase. I tell myself that this is exactly what I may need to be doing right now for to, to, to be as strong as I want to be in the future, that everything has a time and place. And if my body, this is what my body's telling me right now. Like I never, I have been, I did three marathon training cycles consecutively without taking off a lot of time at all. Like the most I took off was five days after the marathon, you know? And I ran, I've been literally running nonstop. And I know most professional runners take like serious breaks. And I don't know, my coach is like, not, I guess, not a big believer in huge time off. And like, I felt really good physically and mentally. So like, didn't, didn't encourage it. So right now I'm telling myself like, it's okay. And everyone in the world pretty much is not training for anything right now. There's no races for me to be worrying about. And if I rush the healing mm-hmm. process of my foot, it's not an injury. It's just cellulitis. I don't want it, but I don't want it to come back. And I don't need to start things too early and aggravate it. And even if I feel a little fat and sluggish right now, like I'll get back into it soon, you know? <laughs> it's hard because like, you know, like you're, you're at home all day and, and my kids, I'm like, everyone's 
we're doing baking and cooking and whatever. And, and I also just feel I love moving. Like I, I need it so badly, mm-hmm. but I'm very, I've accepted it totally. You know, thank God there's no pressure from any so, races. So it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm unfamiliar with what cellulitis is on one's foot. Could you describe what that is? It's basically just like a bacterial infection. And it's like, it's actually more yeah. painful than I had realized, but like my whole skin is like, my foot was blown up. I have this like, like blister mm. on top of my foot and it's like very stretched and putting any weight on it and moving it really hurts I'm like soaking it and elevating it but but the problem is that I can't soak and elevate it most of the day because my kids are I'm, I'm with my kids the whole day now so I don't get to rest that much but it's, it's slowly healing it's, it should be better by the end of this okay. week I hope I was like, "What do you have fat feet? Like, what is the problem yeah, here? Yeah. Like, why, what is yeah. no, cellulitis?" So, yeah, yeah. Um, so, all right. So, in an article in Canadian Running last year, you said, "I didn't even realize how much I needed this outlet for myself as a mom." So many women have told me I've inspired them to start running and to take time for themselves. What is the expression? You can't pour from an empty cup. So, for for this last question on the podcast, can you kind of expand on that, please? Yeah, it's actually something I'm really passionate about because like I do when I think about how I functioned for like those six years during which I didn't exercise at all. Like I, I, I'm really sad because I didn't even know what I could have been. Once I started running, it changed my, my whole like this level of stress in my relationships and as a mother and I had this outlet that really helped me so much. And, mm-hmm. and so many and like I, I, even though self-care today is very popular, I don't think a lot of women even just realize like in their mind, exercise is like a chore. Like, oh, you have to go out there and do it to take care of your body. They don't actually realize that getting out there and moving is going to make them feel so much better. And sometimes you need someone mm-hmm. to like keep telling you that. And, and like, I can say it and I know it for a hundred percent fact. And then people go out and try it because I keep encouraging and they're like, wow, like we have, our lives have changed because of it. And it's funny because for a long time, like I, I, I was very hesitant and people kept telling me I needed to get an agent or do more with my like social media and sponsorship. And like, I could grow my brand. And it like was really hard for me to hear that. Cause like, I'm not a brand person. Like I don't like being, I don't like the word influencer. Like I'm not about like, I share things that are true to me and that I'm passionate about, but like not, I, I don't know. I, I never needed to go public. Like I, I don't believe in, famous or anything like that. So, so I was like, Oh, I don't need to do anything. And then I read someone, I read a woman, she posted on Facebook, a a friend of mine about how much she's so proud of herself because she started running and how much it changed her life. And she told me, she's Mm -hmm. like, it was all because of you. You inspired me a year ago. And she literally had listed all these things. And I thought, wow, like if, if I can touch more women by getting bigger, growing and sharing this message and inspire more women to you know, make this commitment in their life, then it's not about me anymore. It's really just about helping other families and moms and take take control of themselves and their lives. So yeah, I think Mm -hmm. it's just really like a necessity. It's really essential for our mental and physical well-being. Mm -hmm. And your dog obviously agrees too. (laughs) So Hortitious, <laughs> that's it's your not dog. my dog because I don't <laughs> have a dog. Sure. It's mine. <laughs> it's Tish's dog. Two, well, so. Tish's dog. Tish's dog agrees. <laughs> so chiming in. Yes. 
<laughs> um, well, BD, thank you so much for joining us. I've taken like six pages of notes as you've been talking. So um, you have um, shared so much of yourself. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's about to unfold even more because we have a whole nother year till the Olympics. So stay tuned. We're all exactly. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Take good care and we hope you can get back out there and be putting in the miles Thank soon. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, team, another mother runner is so excited. On Monday, March 30th, we launch Love the Run You're With, a virtual race series with four races and four medals that interlock to make one big, beautiful medal. Um, because we know so many races um, have been put on hold, postponed, um, perhaps canceled. And we know that um, training and running is what helps us all, as BD and Tish and I were talking about, keep keep us all um in a healthy mind space as well as a healthy body. So we are doing this Love the Run You're With series and it has a um, four month training program. And in April, there will be a 5K, in May, a 10K. You get a sense that we're building up from here. June, there's a 10 miler. And then in July, a half marathon. You get a swag and a medal every month, plus a sweet, a sweet pair of custom Gooder sunglasses at the end. I was just on a call with one of my colleagues deciding on the colors and the look of them. Um, and we even have an official soundtrack, a two-hour mix on Rock My Run app that's packed full of my personal favorite new running songs. And um, so, um, so you get all of that, all of that. And this is with the Love the Run You're With virtual race series. It is um, we open it up, registration on Monday, March 30th, and then training kicks off the following Monday on April 6th for details and to register. Um, details will be up, like I said, on Monday. Go to trainlikeamother.club. That's trainlikeamother.club. Our podcast was recorded and produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy and healthy miles. Mm -hmm.